in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this brand new episode of the Top Ten. I am the Outlaw John Roca. <laughs> have a slight stumble there. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to stop saying that that's my name. So, yeah. And uh, I am Matt Nost of Patriot Nation. <laughs> How are you? We're the law-abiding citizens over here. We're making podcasting great again. That's what we're doing. <laughs> my side of the border. Uh, you're not you're no longer going by the outlaw. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of stop. I mean, the showdown's over, bro. Like, who's gonna know me past? The, I mean, if I gotta keep, I want to keep building the audience past the showdown. So at some point, people are gonna be like, "Why are you calling yourself the outlaw?" So, uh, and I've been hearing that from a few people, and I don't know. I might change the name of the of the Outlaw Nation channel to something else completely. Who knows? I'm just there's a lot of thoughts right now, and. This is usually the time when you do it in the fall there when you're looking at starting a new year. You know, we're on the precipice of a new NHL and new NBA season. Uh, so, you know, around the fall is when you start to kind of look at how things are are playing out. So just kicking it around. I'm not saying I will. I'm not saying I won't, but just you know, kind of kicking it around right now. Yeah. Change isn't always a bad thing. It's over, man. It's over. Yeah. I, it, uh, it is. It is. Yeah. It was a hell of a run. Yeah. Uh, Nine our, seasons and no movie. Maybe some point down the road we'll get a movie, but yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Demand is high enough. You can bring said, it back. I said, I can only imagine if you ever <laughs> made a movie with all the egos in the Schmodown, what that battle will be like to be, to see who is going to lead the movie, who's going to be the focus of the movie. It would just be. Um, well, if a ever there was a movie to cast. Uh, Muppets, I think that would be <laughs> a primary one. I couldn't turn that off after we did the show. Oh, yeah, you started I, just just because we started, you know. Uh, so people have seen when I was putting together the list of songs for your oh, yeah, middle of the score show, and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh man, Rocky Horror would be a great one. Oh, yeah. Is Kermit is Dr. Frankenfurter and he's got those, you know, stockings on walking sure. around androgynous. And I was like, ah, just all week long, it's, it's whatever, thinking about movies. Right. And I was like, oh, that'd be a good Muppet movie. Just kept doing it over and over. So thank you, Hasso. That was a fun one. What, <laughs> yeah, you were inspired by the internet, but who cares? It was still yeah. a lot of fun. Still was cool. Oh, I could totally see Shmodown Muppets movie. Holy yep. Shit. <laughs> God. And then we got to figure out who the one human is. So I think it would be the one person coming in to compete for the first time, like a rookie coming in and oh. seeing this world and the way it's constructed. It'd have to be that because, you know, Christian would want to be the human because he thinks himself as the human amongst Muppets in the showdown. But I wouldn't I would fucking fight that with to my last breath. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I kind of agree with his potential <laughs> assessment on that. He's a bit of a Muppet himself, dude. Please. Yeah, but considering he's the, you know, the circus master yeah. and uh, <laughs> wrangling all these, 
I don't envy having no. to do that job. Oh, no, no. For Dude, all the criticism I give him, there's no way I could have handled what he No, did. it was herding cats, man. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, the fact that you could get all those people to show up each and every time for the big events and whatnot, I yeah. hats off to him, man. That had to be a monumental headache. And not just the competitors, also the production yeah. team and then trying to make sure everything comes out on time because even the from what i understand i may i may have this a little bit piecemeal but from what i understand even the dropping of the event uh, last weekend was an issue for them because there was always technical issues there was always issues when we were doing virtual and there was even an issue because the i think the person who was supposed to upload it into hd was in florida when hurricane ian hit so had their power taken out had all this stuff that they were experiencing so they couldn't even put up and put it up in HD initially for hours because of the situation in Florida. So it's like, it's just one thing after another um, that he had to deal with. I could only, that's why he's like posting all the time about how happy he is because he's like, I don't have to do any of this other nonsense anymore. I'm just focused on my channel working with, you know, doing occasional shows with the people. And so, you know, I, I get it. I get it. You know? Oh yeah. I can't imagine. To the degree, like, uh, once I stopped doing it mm. and after some of the bigger events and whatnot, I would still hear, oh, so-and-so was a real pain in the ass that day. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And it just, it, it happens. Who knows? They were having a bad day and yeah. it, it, they brought their bad day in with them and then something happens and whatever. Uh, I'm saying, you know, this hypothetical person was, but I would text Christian, not like I remember one specifically and it was about uh we'll say comps. Okay. Be as vague as I possibly can on this. <laughs> and I and I texted him and I was like, Oh shit, you're doing that now. Well, how about uh, you reimburse me for it? And I just made up a bunch <laughs> of bullshit just to get him to laugh. Just so like I, I can't yeah. believe you're catching shit for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's utterly ridiculous, but just like to start it with a joke. Yeah. And like never envious of that man, the fucking yeah. showing up, and uh, I, I stand there and I hold up my five, and then I, <laughs> and that's all I'm asked to do. <laughs> that's, uh, I know you should have held out. You could have gotten paid a little bit at least for the madness. Oh, I don't the care. Last few years, but yeah, I don't care. I hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, it, truly, yeah. So, but yeah, it's done, and you know, it's I I did a um, an outlaw nation show which I haven't done in a long time. I did one the other night and just, you know, did remembrances. People hung out and uh, I wore the hat one last time. And then I played along to the singles in the tag team match, which was fun, you know, and the same thing that happened to me happened to Dan. He got TKO'd by Sam and then Sam gave him the singles belt. And I was, there was a piece of me that was like, ah, now I waited a whole year. But now you get to feel what I felt. And as a competitor, it sucks to go out on a TK on your last match. It sucks that they give you the belt that way. But you have to take it because you understand the genuine place that's coming from. Yeah, they're being gracious. It's really hard to swallow, you know. So, but uh, it was nice to see Dan kind of try to fumble through. And I texted him about it. He's like, I know he used my own tricks against me. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's Sam for you, you know. Uh, yeah, but it was a hell of a run. So congratulations yeah, totally. to, uh, everybody involved. Yeah. It was a 
to take a simple trivia idea mm-hmm. and morph it into this moving uh, show that went from city to city and yeah. uh, you know garnered garnered large audiences and brought in some huge names and uh, it's pretty impressive. So yeah, no doubt, no doubt, a hell of a run. It's true. Um, what else is going on in your life? What's going on in your life, man? What do you got going on? Anything? Um, you know, no, I don't. That's why this uh, stuff. Okay. Stuff. I got things All right. uh, going. I mean, nothing uh, too dramatically out of the order. Saw my first chiropractor for the first oh. time ever. What, what's going on? Are you having, was this a oh, long I, gestating uh, problem? Uh, tweaked. Oof. Uh, my hip, uh, the beginning of July. Well, I was doing repair work, uh-huh. but I was holding the same position, which is my left knee was on the ground and my right foot was down. Oh, okay. You know what I mean, Oof. so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, knee is down, foot is up like that. Mm-hmm. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're doing almost like those army man action poses where they're firing off and one knee is up and the other's on the ground. Yeah. But I'm holding that doing work over and over and over again for about six to eight hours. Oof. And by the end of the day, when I stood up one final time, this pain just shot down my right hip. Oh, man. That's so- and I was like, ah, shit. It was just because I was flexing the same mm-hmm. muscles, mm-hmm. the same tendons, all that for hours. And yeah. I guess we didn't think about it. Maybe I should have stretched or switched sides, but I was just kind of in a routine. Yeah. And then the pain subsided. And then playing basketball, I tweaked the ever living shit out of it. Oof. And uh, I haven't played in three, four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, I was like, I'm willing to try anything at this point. And went to the chiropractor. And uh, hey, you know what? It actually helped. I, oh, good. I, I was skeptical. Yeah. Because it's like, I, I don't know. It seems like it's more of a muscle or tendon issue than anything else. But I'm willing to try anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've tried all the other stuff. And, uh, I might be, you know, playing sooner rather than later. That's good. Yeah. Uh worked out, but uh yeah. Exactly. Old man dealing with a uh, hip <laughs> issue. Right when it happened, uh we were playing and Wayne was like, What's wrong? And I was like, I've hurt my hip. And he's just, you know, he's older than I am. Yeah. Wayne. And he's like, oh, I gotta get it replaced. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to have one of my hips replaced. So maybe I've got to have Down both of my hips replaced. Yeah. No. Well, I tore my labrum in my left hip years and years ago. Oof. And uh, so I always figured, it's like, well, if any of them's going to have it, it's going to be that one. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, well, <laughs> it actually might be the other one or possibly both. Although my left hip, uh, I haven't had problems in it in years. <laughs> but yeah, tearing my labrum, that hurt like, oh, that was oh, so painful. I can only imagine. Yeah, I was skiing and it was going down. Uh, a lift line, mm-hmm. which you've never been skiing, right? No, but I've obviously I've seen it on. Yeah, you know, so camera. a lift line is um, the the they're called you know the ribs of the lift, so the yes. big poles that are you know a few hundred yards away from one another. Mm-hmm. In certain places, like there's trees all built up around it because it's not an area that you ski, but you can. Right. And this one was a chute, which means it's narrow and steep. Uh-huh. And there's moguls, which is a lot of fun if you can do it. Right. Uh, but I was going down that and I, I did a jump cut to my right. And when I landed, Oof. there was something in the snow and it just grabbed my left ski and yanked it about 60 degrees 
the opposite direction. And my momentum is going to the right. My left leg is violently now going to the left. And I was almost doing like a weird split. <laughs> it hurt so bad. And then I had to ski down to the bottom. And basically it was uh, ultimately the doctor was like, there's not a lot we can do because it wasn't so severe that you need surgery. So you're just right. going to have to deal with it until it heals. Oh. And I was like, fun times, yeah, fun times. Terrible. But dude, the MRI was even more painful. Really? Well, Are you they awake have, for the MRI? A hundred percent. So you're laying down for it. Yeah. And they put a foam block between my knee and my ankle. Mm-hmm. like two separate ones. And then they take athletic tape and they tape your legs together mm. because they have to put a massive needle in your hip to put the contrasting dye into your hip. So you can't, because of the pain reflex, you can't move your hip at all because you'll snap the needle or something. That's their right. fear. Right. But so to put the, the fucking contrast dye in, they have to put a spacer needle. That's like twice as large as that one in. So then they can slip the other needle in as deep as they need to and inject it and then pull it out. And then they pull the spacer out. So they put a numbing thing in there and they're like, it should help with the pain. And it's like, it doesn't help with the pain. <laughs> it's, it's, it was the weirdest. And then once it like, so they get the spacer in and the pain is fine. Like the numbing agent has finally yeah. gone in. So my left hip just felt nothing. It felt alien. Oh. So I couldn't feel it anymore. But then when they put the contrast dye in the pressure swell, was this whole new weird kind of pain wow. because they have to put, you know, all this extra fluid in your hip. Right, right, right. So it comes up on the contrasting image. And I was like, oh, I don't like anything about this. <laughs> and then they stop. And then the doctor's like, there's nothing we could do. And I was like, I, I wish I hadn't gone through that. But when you're lying down in front of this massive machine, they just start, you know, vigorously athletic taping your legs together. And you're like, this isn't a good sign. <laughs> this isn't. This isn't good at all. I've seen Dateline. This doesn't end well. Yeah, what clockwork orange bullshit are you about to do to me? Uh, But yeah, we're going to stick the other knife in and jiggle it around so we can take Uh the other knife. Precisely. We got to stick the the larger, sharper knife in there first before we can stick the smaller, sharp knife in there. Oh, that makes sense. It's got great space. Yep. Don't mind the rust. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't seem sanitary. Let me just spit all oh, this, it off, Will. Yeah. No thanks, dude. No thanks. Yeah. You know, I was, and I, eventually it went away, but oh, good, good. Yeah, you know, I've, been, I've been watching these adventure shows recently, so it's funny you talk about this because I was. Um, there's a new one on Disney Plus, which is really fucking good. Uh, called I think it's called. Um, Edge of the Edge of the Adventures on my with Jimmy Chin who hosts it, you know, and he's a guy who's climbed Everest a few times, all this kind of stuff. And they're all like they're like twenty to twenty two minutes. It's not that long, mm-hmm. and they profile these people and the things that they've experienced that have made them either succeed or question um, doing this for a living, the adventure athlete thing for a living. And the skiing ones are just fucking brutal, man. I mean, there's one where the, the it was a woman who. Um, is trying to go off of helicopters onto uh, these um, these uh, huge mountains and mm-hmm. ski them. Yeah, hella skiing and, and break the um, break the record of uh, the highest uh, you know uh, level you can go to to do that. And just seeing that, and I was thinking to myself, like, I can't even imagine. 
because she's she falls all the way down the mountain. She initially is cool, and then she hits a rock, and then just starts fucking barreling down the mountain with the yeah. avalanche. And and they have the the GoPro on, so you're seeing the footage of what it's like for them inside the actual avalanche as they're going down. And I had not thought about the idea that like rocks are sticking out of this mountain. So mm-hmm. at the speed you're going, you have to almost be constantly bracing yourself and moving your body just in case and praying to God you don't hit a rock. Um, uh, in the that middle speed. of an avalanche? Yeah, I don't even yeah. know what the – maybe turn yourself into a ball is the best strategy. I don't even know what the best yeah. strategy no, is. She said instance. to let yourself be loose, and then when you sense something, you know, but I don't. it's so crazy. Yeah. So I'm thinking about what you're going through with the MRI stuff, and I'm wondering, like, they didn't even talk about that. So just the actual act itself is insane and brutal. But the preparation for when the accidents happen or the, the problems happen or the injuries happen, there's all this time where you're recovering and putting it all together and the shit you go through. So it's insane to think about what people put themselves through um, just to kind of chase this thing that they love to do so much. Yeah. You know? it's Adrenaline, baby. It's fun. Yeah. I haven't stopped skiing. I still ski. Uh mm-hmm. Still do all the same shit I was doing before. Yeah, yeah. I just can't do it for, you know, the, it used to be I could spend all day doing blacks and double blacks moguls, but now it's just like my legs give up after mm-hmm. a while. So I have to just, I can't do moguls all day anymore. Not that I really even want to. Uh, what are moguls? Is that where you flip in the air or something? No, no, those are the naturally formed bumps. Oh, so you go over them and stuff? Now you you go around. So oh, the, okay. The goal is to like make as tight and concentric of oh. turns as you possibly can. So when gotcha. you're watching it in the the Olympics, that's right, like extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's slalom. Oh, okay. So moguls is when they're going down and there's these uh, mounds of snow right. protruding upward, and they have to back and forth dart. And then in the Olympics, then they hit a jump and they do a jump like a trick in the air and then land and then start. Seeking and zagging, right? But really quickly, to a degree that nobody on the mountain does that. Uh, yeah, just because nobody's that good, and the moguls aren't as perfectly packed as that, right? Uh, but it's just that. So as snow accumulates, people take the same uh, lines down the mountain, yeah, and then it pushes and compacts snow together, and it makes these naturally occurring mounds. Wow! And then when one forms, then as people turn around that, then others form around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which they're a lot of fun, especially when there's fresh snow. When there's there hasn't been snow in a while, they're hard packed and they mm-hmm. they destroy your legs. Wow, it is five times the workout, but it's fun. That's cool, man. That's cool. I wish I wish I you know, it's not that I don't have an inclination. I, I I would probably try it at some point. I'm snowboarding is what I'd really try. Although Lindley laughs at me because she's been skiing and snowboarding. She laughs at me when I say that I would feel more comfortable being on a snowboard and she's like you're fucking insane you have no idea because you have really almost no control because at least with your legs and the skis you might have some illusion that you can stop something from happening with snowboard you're stuck into that snowboard you know in one position i I, yeah i think it's six one way half a dozen the other yeah okay but everything i've ever heard so i've only skied i'm never going to snowboard just because i don't want to waste the time that i'm up there right to learn a new when i already love to ski but I've had friends that have done both and then some that have made the transition and it's easier to pick up snowboarding. Oh, but I think, yeah, once you start, like it's easier to the, the learning curve isn't as steep. Right. But, uh, those that I know that do both, 
by and large, I think most prefer skiing. Yeah. Yeah. They still snowboard because it has its advantages. But, right, right, right. Uh, but I, I've got some friends that have just made the switch. And now they only snowboard. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. to each their own. But yeah, I've yeah. never done it. Cool. Well, anyway, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about here today. Uh, we're, counting, we're counting down the top 10 Christian Bale movies um, uh, because of um, uh, the film coming out here. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. The, what do they call it? It's um, who, who's there? Uh, David O. Russell, right? It's O. Russell's. Yeah. 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 Um, the infamous David O. Russell. Uh, a little bit. It's, it's not getting the best reviews. So I don't know. Yeah. Which is disheartening. I was looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And then some of the early reviews have been like, oh. yeah, and the fact that it's coming out in October. Mm. If this was a regular O. Russell, this is a December release. Mm. And I think originally it might have been slated for a late November, early December release. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Uh, I just remember when we did our most anticipated of the year way yeah. back, whatever that was, seeing this in the later end of the slate of the year and going, oh, David O. Russell's got a new. And it's got this cast. This cast is incredible. Cast I'm intrigued. Yeah. 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 Top to bottom. Just like, oh, this person's coming in, which you're assuming is going to be a small part. It's like, that's yeah. an amazing actor for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm still holding out hope. Okay. Perhaps, hopefully, like, if it's not beloved, it's a cup of tea situation, and it's my cup of tea. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you get why people don't like it, but you would. Yeah. But I enjoyed it for oh, all these reasons, and then this this you know, she was great and he was amazing. And right. I appreciated the direction and whatever. Uh, I'm still, cause the cast is so good. I feel like I've rarely not liked the David Russell, Russell movie. Right? I mean, it's pretty rare. If you look at his, you know, there's one other Bale O Russell that doesn't make my list. I'm not a fan of that one. Which one's that it, one? That the other Bale that may or may not have made your list for this one? Oh, 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 fair enough, fair enough. The fighter, you mean? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, the oh, other American one. Hustle? Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. I didn't get that one. Why everybody okay. was gaga over it. Okay. I I didn't see Joy, so I can't say if I would have liked it or not. True. And I don't know what Accidental Love is, uh, which he directed apparently as someone named Stephen Green. So that's weird. I, I don't know anything about that one. And then, um, and I Heart Huckabees is a weird. But one. I enjoy it. Yeah, I didn't not like it. Um, so yeah, so it is a rarity that there's a film that I don't like. Because I liked Hustle. I liked Playbook. I liked Fighter. I liked Three Kings, 41 mm-hmm. Disaster, Spanking the Monkey. Um, you know, so yeah, it's kind of rare that I don't. And 41 Disaster is really good. I really like that movie. Um but yeah, so there you go. Um, before we start, do you mind if I use uh, the restroom real quick uh, while you entertain the fans? Uh, not a problem. I'll get more graphic on the MRI. <laughs> okay, please do. I'll be right back. Yeah, not going to happen. How is everybody? Just hang out here solo. Did you guys enjoy John's appearance on Settle the Score this past week? It was him versus Darina, and uh, it was another good one. They're fairly evenly matched competitors. And it was a little bit of a back and forth, back and forth. I don't want to spoil it. If you haven't seen it, go back, watch it. You can find it on uh, YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Just search Settle the Score. It's a good one. Uh, John's been on uh, a few times now. Some other people you may know have been on. Um, but it's a good one. How is uh, everybody out there? How you doing? 
how are things? Can't complain in my world, you know, outside of some uh, some physical stuff. Everything else seems to be going relatively okay. So no complaints there. Hopefully everybody in Florida is doing all right and gotten power back and all that jazz because that shit couldn't have been fun. As much as we have natural disasters out here, knowing that a looming hurricane is coming and you're just praying it dodges you. That is a specific type of hell that I haven't experienced. I've done tornadoes, but. Whew. All right. Thank you. Totally. No just problem. Smashed my knee making the corner to turn there into the bathroom. So I might need an MRI at some point. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll send somebody over. Please send somebody over. Get, go, get one of those concierge doctors. Since you're what? <laughs> yeah. Shows up. So you get a cortisol right. shot and some painkillers. You definitely don't need. You'll be fine smell of the faint smell of alcohol in his breath yeah it's perfect um anyway all right top 10 christian bale movies uh matt um how does the show work uh we set a topic we go our individual ways create personal top 10 let's show back up here i do my bottom three he does his bottom three i do my next two he does his next two then we trade one apiece once we have revealed our personal top 10 list we create the shows between the two of us um, uh, um all right so as i alluded to i don't have american hustle yeah a certain one um but if you look at his filmography, guy's got a lot of bangers. Mm. Oh, true. Very true. A lot of bangers. Mm-hmm. So certain placement is not did indicative. We, what's that? Did we say no Batman? We said no we say, Batman. We said no Batman because one of them makes sure. Because I, yeah. uh, was, I made one with and I made one without. So that's one to make sure. Yeah, we said uh, we, uh, we should say that. I'm glad you remembered to bring that up. Yep. No Batman movies on the list. Uh, just to make sure we talk about some movies that we don't talk about as often or don't yeah. come up as often. Um, so anyway, all the bangers. So just because something may be low on the list doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's just like, wow, it's, he's got a lot of great movies mm-hmm. in his filmography. Um, so at 10, I've got The Machinist. Ooh, nice choice. Um, that one did not make my list. So go ahead, my man. It's, it's one I haven't seen. That's why I didn't make my list. I couldn't fit that in in the time I had. So Okay. Um <sighs> I'm curious, probably shouldn't spoil it. Okay. Just because the motivation for why he is, is the basis of the movie. Okay. So if you get into that, then you start, well, then don't even watch it because I've already just told you the movie. Right, right, right. Okay. But once you see the full scope of it, it makes it all the more impressive, especially the choices that he makes before the camera even sets up with mm-hmm. the dramatic weight loss, but then mm-hmm. once the camera is on and you see the, you know, the, after the reveal, it all makes perfect sense. Cause as sure. you're watching, you're like, why is, you know, why is this? And he is right. so emaciated to know that he left this and went and immediately did Batman begins. Right. right, right and right. Chris Nolan was like, you got to put on weight. <laughs> And he shows up and no one was like, not that much weight. <laughs> so then he had to pare back down a little bit. Nothing dramatic. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's what's evident in this movie is what we've seen from him over and over and over again. And like and an American Hustle, which isn't going to make my list, his commitment to making a physical transformation to better enable pull off what he feels the character needs to get across on screen. Yeah. 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 Um just his commitment is is on full display here for anyone uh, to watch, and it's mm-hmm. one of the the 
first times when you knew, wow, this guy is all in at all times. Yeah. yeah. If there's ever going to be another Day Lewis, then he might be, you know, a potential chance to be a Day Lewis. That's a great point. There were certainly um, considerations that he might be in that category. So that's an excellent point. You bring that up. I still think he could be. Yeah. He has the type of commitment. Um, I think yeah, flipping, someone... flipping out the way he did will always kind of come back and bite him. So I don't know if anybody will ever see him as Daniel Day, but certainly the commitment is unquestioned for sure. Uh, yeah, Because there are other times where somebody commits that hard and it almost feels like they're doing it for their own ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to prove how this is how good an actor I am. Like the camera turns off and I'm still this person. Be like, I, I don't know. Not every instance needs that, in my opinion. Right. Uh, but I haven't been on a set and I don't know what it's like to craft one of those characters. So it's easy to say from afar. <laughs> but his commitment always seems genuine. And yeah. in this, it is on full display. Right. But it's also the reason it's a 10. I don't think I'll ever see it again. Oh, wow. Okay. It's not like Requiem or something like that where you're right, so right. jarred. Uh, but it's it's just I'm glad I watched it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a fulfilling movie. You get to the end and the the realization is really, you know, the payoff is worth it. Right. But I don't I'm not revisiting it. Okay. So it makes it a ten. Still a cool. good movie. All right. What's your nine? Uh my nine is Hostiles. Uh that's a punt. Okay, fair enough. Great movie. Yeah. What's your eight? Uh my eight is American Psycho. Ooh, that, uh, that's my slight, uh, that's my seven. So yeah, cool. Let's go. Okay. Um, yeah, here's another commitment. When they finished that movie and they're at the rap party, mm. he dropped doing Bateman and the crew thought he was working on his next part. And <laughs> his next part was an English person because his American was so convincing. Wow. Yeah. That's the story at least that I read wow. a while back. And I was like, that's this dude that's how good it is but his american accent is excellent yeah you know it's not like ray finds where i can tell when he's doing an american accent yeah or winslet yeah yeah others were just like yeah you know you're it's passable here yeah uh you know benedict cumberbatch every once again sneaks through and you're like "Mm, mm, there it is there's your englishness tom holland like Mm. there's a million actors where it's like every once again it slips through whereas bale never Right. Never once do I question whatever he's choosing to do. It's like, I believe you're that character. Uh, but American Psycho, man, that is a movie that just punches you right between the eyes. Yeah, I remember. The, I remember like I was um, assistant managing a bookstore while I was still in the reserves, like toward the tail end of that. And I remember that book coming out. And yeah. I remember that people just went crazy for that book. And there was a lot of controversy around that book. Um, and all of that, because it was like, well, is it exploitation or is it glorifying or is it not glorifying? Is it really yeah. commenting on the thing? And so there was a lot of people who said, there's no way you can make this in a movie without people trying to set fire to the set. Well, how do you do that? You hire a female director and you get her point of view on it. And I kind of like, like, well, we got an adaptation where they kind of messed around with that Orchid novel or a book. Mm-hmm. Having her go in and kind of mess around with the point of view of the book and put the female and male point of view kind of in it, I thought was a really smart way to kind of avert some of the controversy around it. And his performance, 
is excellent. I may not overall like the movie fully, but his performance is fantastic throughout. I mean, that whole Huey Lewis scene um, where he's talking to the dude and, and explaining the whole thing about Huey Lewis and hip to be square, and then him in the fucking um, plastic hoodie or whatever he's wearing with the axe, just the calmness of it all as he's doing the things that he's doing. Even the scene when he's talking about the card and the lift of the of the fire. yeah the emboss and the oh look at that the the bone coloring and <laughs> I had never considered that and even you know like as if I needed more reason to like have issues with rich people I mean just having them argue about like how your card like the, the minutia of a card indicating your but your the beauty worth of that is that world you know? that that is a great representation of of how distance they are from regular life and how much money that they have. Oh, totally. That this becomes the status symbol, something that anybody can get, but now you have to have the perfect one of this. And you can stretch that symbolism out to any field, right? Let's like, even in the, the nerd sphere and doing these reviews or whatever, like essentially your review is your calling card. And so people will go, oh, 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 look at the graphics here. Look at the opening here. Look at the, um, oh, are they hitting all the Easter eggs? Are they getting the real nuance? And are they d- diving in deep? Are they getting the meaning? You know, are they mm-hmm. catching all the sub, uh, all the subplots going all this kind of stuff? So that's essentially the embossing and all of that. So there's always a calling card in any field. So to see it reduced to that as a symbol. I just thought that scene was genius and spoke, as you said, Matt, about their obliviousness at the time in the 1980s to like still what's actually going on out there to this day. Like, uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's either Dubai or Qatar. But mm-hmm. uh, so the status symbol, one of the status symbols is the lower your license plate number, the more the better it is. Wow. So one of the princes bought number one and paid an obscene amount of money for it. And it's like, dude, that's like a dime's worth of aluminum. Yeah. That's all that is. That's been stamped with the lowest number that you can get, but you paid millions of dollars. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a fucking press. And it just pressed down an aluminum blank and made this nothing. It has no real value, but because it's so exclusive, we're willing to pay, you know, a hundred people's lifetime earnings for one fucking tiny little piece of aluminum. But yeah, that's yeah. the same shit yeah. still happening. Yeah. True. Very true. And yeah. And also I like the fact, you know, and some of the kills in the film are pretty brutal, but also it's commentary on, you know, um, what those people were like in the 1980s, the yuppies in the 1980s and all of that, which really is the beginning of, of the downfall of what we see now. You know, this idea of, this, of the richer getting richer and the poor getting poor, the haves versus the have-nots and the, the divide growing ever wider every generation uh, or every decade. You know, you see it there, the beginnings of that kind of feeling of why, of a feeling of deserving that money, deserving that wealth and how it can corrupt and delude you into thinking you can do whatever you want and they're not going to you know, catch you, you know, and you can yeah. be lost in all of that. It's really well done. Um, all right. So what's your, that was, well, your, that was my eight, your seven. Okay. So what do you okay. got a 10? My 10 is the big short. Uh, that's called a punt. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. My nine is vice. That's also called a punt. Okay. I did finally see that. 
um, which I which I thank the list for to make me finally watch that. Um, number eight is three ten to Yuma, and another punt. I mean, <laughs> what is what is on your list? It is better than well, clearly those hostiles. Movies. I think is better. Clearly than hostiles. Movies. That's yeah. fine. I'll give it to you. That one's yeah. a. You can sell me on it. Should be higher. I, yeah. I have no problem on that. We'll get to still, that. We'll get to that. Still fail to see what potentially <laughs> could be better than all three of those movies because I'm looking at the same filmography you are. <laughs> I sure hope so. If and if list. if Rain of Fire ends up at number two, that's probably honestly my eleven. Don't you count out newsies, son? Don't you count out uh, newsies? I've actually never seen. I've seen clips, like I've gone yeah. to YouTube to watch, like the Santa Fe, and right. But I've never seen that fucking movie. Yeah, no, no, it's not my cup of tea. But I don't. Kevin Smets is in it in a small role. It's yeah. not my cup of tea. I don't watch musicals, and now we're putting kids in musicals. Yeah, that's that's niche upon niche for me. So I'm good on that one. Fair enough. What's your well? We did your set. Well, what's your seven? Sorry, what's your seven? Uh, my seven is the fighter. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. Uh, fair. Totally fair. Uh, six is the prestige. Uh, that is also a punt. Yeah, I was surprised they made it that low on my list, but I was surprised. That's kind of surprising. That it's down there. Um. All right. So I said number seven was American Psycho. Uh. So my number six is the New World. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It's not on your list? It is not on my list. Okay, yeah. I mean, you guys know if you've listened to our show or listened to me on other shows, Terrence Malick is absolutely, as Matt said, a cup of tea. He's my cup of tea. Um, and I've loved every one of his uh, meandering uh, stream of consciousness movies. I really have. But The New World was one of those that he did that was still somewhat in Keep the Keep going. I use restroom. Huh? Okay. <clears throat> that was one that was still somewhat in the construct here. Let me put myself up there. Um, yeah, still in the construct of something that ex- had limits to it that he had to operate within, right? With Knight of Cups and these other films that he's got, he goes all over the place, into the wonder all over the place, or, or um, uh, the Tree of Life, where he goes all the way back to the creation of the planet, you know, to kind of make the connection. Well, with the new world, with the new world, it's about this idea of John Smith and Pocahontas, and uh, you know the settlers coming in and dealing with the uh, Native Americans that were there at the time, uh, and all of that. Obviously, as, as people who are already here and them coming with the set. So, I love the way he plays it. Christian Bale plays um, the character and how he moves through this world at times dreamlike, at times experiential, um, and how that affects him uh, as an actor. You know, to me, it's like, it's so cool to see that from his and him and his performance and what he's able to bring and the way he moves. And it's almost a three hour movie, the way he moves within it and changes and progresses from having this very strong connection and then having to realize that there's a limit to the connection that he has with her and having to let go of that and then having it affect what's going on in the in the settlements and then dealing with the native americans uh the battles and also the rituals and also the uh, more peaceful times there's so much about the film that is incredible to enjoy uh, and his performance is something you rarely see from bale which is 
he's experiencing the world and moving within it. And that's such a challenge for the actor uh, because the actor can at times become lost in it when they're doing that kind of performance. And I think he walks tightrope so well in that movie. So that's why it's in my number six. I wish I liked Malik. <laughs> good I really do. Cause on paper, yeah, that uh, thin red line, like he's got a few, which is like, this really should speak to me. Yeah. I wish it did. Yeah. Fair enough. I kind of want to do like a a Malik like retrospective on my channel. Like, uh, just kind of sit down and just do it. And maybe 10 people will watch it. But I don't know. I kind of want to do it because I feel like no one defends him. And I feel like he needs to be defended. Oh, I thought you were talking about doing a Malik-esque like retrospective on your channel. <laughs> where it's like you just staring longingly at the sunset discussing Outlaw Nation. This is what Outlaw Nation is meant to me. And, and then randomly frank, someone else becomes the lead for about an hour of that movie. <laughs> and then it just, it ends. It just ends. It's just like, and when you were setting it up, I'm like, I don't know, maybe this is for like 10 people. And like, wow, this is, this is the biggest ego vanity project I've ever heard of. <laughs> I'd like to do a oh. meandering two and a half hour movie about my oh. YouTube channel. <laughs> And sadly, there's at least one person in the world that has a YouTube channel. If they oh. were to hear that, go, that's a great idea, though. Yeah. I mean, I think his name is Logan Paul. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think he's a little more self-aware these days. You do? Oh, okay. Fair yeah. Give him. Although I, I'm not up, you know, in all the tea, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Um. All but, right. But we should take a break. I think right. We're about to yeah. do our top fives. Um. Uh, yeah, so let's take a quick break and let's hear from our selves as we uh, promote our the sponsors uh, of the show here uh, right after this. All right, we're back uh, with our top 10 Christian Bale movies. It is uh, one apiece from here on in. And Matt starts us off with his number five. What do you got, bro? Uh, my five is, so you watched Vice for this. Did you finally sit down and watch Rescue Dawn? I did not. No, I'm sorry, dude. It was one of the two. It was one of the two, and I felt more inclined. Yeah, I could understand Vice. that. Yeah. Uh, Vice is an easier movie to digest because you already yeah. know the characters in it. Good point. Uh, and, okay, I, you know what you're getting there. Rescue Dawn is a, a more harrowing, mm. you know, true story about uh, POWs that get stuck in a camp. And then the psychological torture of whether or not they're going to resign themselves to doing it or to escape and to watch him and Steve Zahn eventually get out of there. Mm. And you make it out of the hellscape that is the prison itself. But it's like any one of those or those old, the gulags in Siberia and whatnot. Mm. That's fine. You might be able to make it out of this camp. Good luck making it through all the rest of that right. to get back to any kind of civilization and in this as soon as you get out of well there's still monsoon like rains mm. which you're going to have to constantly deal with the cold and the wet and the potential yeah. like trench foot and whatnot that comes from being that wet all the time and then there's all the animals that are trying to kill you and with that amount of rain there's mudslides and you're mm. going to fall down hills and it's like so there's death all around you as soon as you get out of there but it's the 
the psychological torture and just to see, we all want to believe we're Christian Bale in that instance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there are some in the camp that are just like, this is fine. It's, it's, it's like, uh, um, Brooks in Shawshank. Oh, oh yeah. You become yeah. institutionalized. You were just like, well, I'm alive here. Right. It's fine. I just keep on my routine and I don't make eye contact with them. And I don't say this and I do my work and I'm just left alone. And every once in a while, they come in and they, you know, mess with us. But by and large, it's just like, I just got to keep my nose down and keep, you know, moving forward and they won't fuck with me. Yeah. Um, and just to, to see, you know, you kind of put yourself in the shoes of both individuals and trying to determine, well, I'd like to believe that I'm Christian Bale will never give up. Um, but you can kind of see the psychological rationale of someone like a Brooks. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good movie. You know, yeah. you need to see it at some point. I will dude. I promise. I will. I do need to see it. You're absolutely right. I do need to see it. I, and I've, yeah, I've just got to find a way to stop stacking my days, man, because I, I would like to go back to be able to watch movies again and enjoy them and relax and not have to worry about, well, am I watching this for a review? Am I watching this for a content? And just be able to kind of just sit and watch. So I, I do. I know you've spoken about it very highly. Werner Herzog is one of my favorite directors. So um, there's no reason I shouldn't watch it. So at some maybe point, maybe as part of the Malik esque movie that you do about the channel, <laughs> it's a an over the shoulder shot of you solemnly watching. Yeah. You know, this Rescue Dawn. I already have a title, by the way. Oh, okay. Outlaw no more. (laughs) And it's your transition to excising and casting away the outlaw name. And it's just you pensively saying goodbye to a part of yourself. God, I am I getting a fucking EP credit on this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, I'm giving story angles. I've got a title for you. I'm now setting up scenes. I think you should direct. Oh, girl, awesome. That, that won't be like oil and water. Yeah, God, right. Give me some more fucking emotion, man. Actually, I'm giving you what I got. I'm that, giving you what That I doesn't got. happen in a Malik movie. I apologize. John, you got to give me less emotion. less emotion. Dude, stare blankly. Can you not do that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rescue Dawn is... Uh, one I definitely recommend. It is okay. worth the watch. <laughs> All right. So uh, where are we at? My my five, right? Your five. So my five is um, hostile. So the pun from earlier. Yeah. Okay, dude. I went back and re- I went back and like just watched some scenes from this. You son um, of a bitch. I mean, because you I can just... watch Rescue Dawn, but you can go <laughs> no, back no, and rewatch Hostiles again. You I got a thing I... for West Study. It's because Studi. I wanted to know like where 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 does it really belong for me. You know, because I I remember seeing it the tail end of that year. Nobody gave it any fucking love in the award ceremonies, but I remember loving it. And I was like, is it because it's a Western? Is it because it was an underdog film? But so I went back and watched them. I was like, nah, man, this is a really good film. And he is damn good in the movie. So is Rosemary. He's excellent. He, but the restraint in the performance, right? It's, Things are happening and how he rolls with it, how he deals with it, how he commands uh, his people on this journey, the questions that come up, the conversations that they have, the way he navigates the Rosamund Pike 
relationship and then what it ultimately leads to, all of it is there in those eyes of his. Um, and the thing about uh, Bale, because he's got, you know, that little bit, was it a lisp or a little bit of a speech uh, speech thing? Like when he when he knows how to use it in a role, it really kind of brings out even more of um, an earnestness in what he's doing when he's when that's an element of the character. And he has that going throughout the whole movie, you know, and even the interactions with the respect with the Native Americans that he has in that in the crew, uh, West Studi, you know, all of that. It just he's so good. And it what it's what makes me enjoy the movie so much, even though it's a pretty dark fucking movie. It's what makes me enjoy the movie so much is his performance. I mean, I, I have to assume that it didn't get as much love because a it's a western. Yeah, but b because it's a western in the setting and the 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 plot of we got to take your former adversary, you yeah, know, across land. So there's a lot of longer shots. Yes, you know, just like letting things breathe, and that's not everybody's you know favorite thing. Yeah, I'm discovering that with some of the Andor reviews, people like, when are we getting to the action? I'm like, what? Dude, they're setting it up. This is great. What are you rushing for? It's it is you know how good it is? Yeah. Is fucking when when TIE fighters are flying through valleys, I am so geeked. Yeah. Because that's real life. That is oppressive force exerting their power without having to fire a fire a gun. Yeah. It's what we've done in numerous countries when we fly our helicopters over and our jets on patrol. Just like we may not be engaging, but we make sure you know that we're there. Go back and study history. Teddy Roosevelt sent the premier American ship all over the world so that the the entire world would understand our military might. So it's it's, how we opened up Japan to trade. Yes. We just parked a battleship in their harbor. It was like either you do it or we just start firing. What would you like to do? And just sat there and waited. What kind of dicks can you be? You show up with advanced military technology yeah. and be yeah. like, listen, do you want to die on a mass scale or would you like to give us some silk? Your choice. Yeah. We can't teach that. Don't you be teaching that? You know? So yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, that's I, the truth the, of it. Every superpower does best. that. Yeah, yeah. The, the political intrigue, the spy aspects of it. And like mm. to, to watch, now people on edge as the plan is about to be hatched. Yeah. It's the best. It yeah. is the best show they've done, in my opinion, so far. It's I, yeah. yeah. I hope it lands well because it's already crushed its competition, in my opinion. To me, uh, you know, I used to say Rogue One was battling Empire Strikes Back for my favorite Star Wars film. This now is battling for my favorite Star Wars project ever. And if they mm. do as you said, Matt, because it's really important. If they do hit the landing and they really blow those of us who love the show already, blow us away with that ending of the season, then damn, like this is what we've all been waiting for since it came back in 1999 or yeah. since it came back when well, Disney bought it from George Lucas. The stuff that we want geared for adults. Yes. Yes. Right. I don't mind there being stuff geared for kids oh cool totally yes it's it's part of the spectrum of this but this is geared for adults because the other adult stuff and be like hey let's throw a kid in there just like why (laughs) why who are you so okay so this is a kid show are we making a kid show like what are we doing here yeah 
Yeah, it's it is. I mean, hands down. I can't imagine Gilroy is going to let anybody light up a saber. Like we not. I hope we, not. We do I don't want to see, see a one. Lightsaber. Yeah. No, I do not want to see one because there's an entire world. And and the fact of the matter is, what you could say, you could call me a hypocrite because in in Ryan Johnson's when they show the war, the people capitalizing upon war, mm. was well, like it's in the middle of this massive epic that's going on elsewhere. And just to throw this in felt jarring. Yeah. And I don't need to see it. Whereas in this, we're exploring that aspect of it. So if they were to throw in some capitalist individuals that are take, you know, getting a clear advantage. Yeah. If it's fine. If it's into this, whereas in that, it was just like, why are we going to Monte Carlo in the middle of this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, and then it starts making you think like, Oh yeah. You know, the empire's got to pay its people. I, I mm-hmm. haven't thought about it before because why would I? Uh, yeah. And then see the, like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say bundles of casino like chips that are apparently all gold credits. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Just that cargo, the one little shot and be like, I, it's so it's yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. So um, anyway. Yeah. All right. So that was my five hostels. What's your four, man? Uh, my number four is vice. Okay. Fun from earlier. Um, I think had we done this a year ago, yeah. I would have had it down in the realm that you've had it. Oh, okay. But I've since watched it again. And it's the third time that I've seen it. Oh, wow. Okay. And th- I do take issue with certain points. Yes. Like the, when the whole Cheney family about halfway through the movie is sitting around that lake and they're throwing sticks and dogs are catching it. And they're like, and then Dick changed his ways and everything ended happily ever after. And they're like, whoops, that didn't happen. Because uh, they do it at the end of the big short. And it's like, yeah. oh, new regulations come in. And, like, and it didn't actually. And the movie ends, but that was, I think, a fitting, yes. perfect use of that. Right, right. Whereas in Vice, it seemed like, oh, yeah, I did that in the last movie and it worked really well. Yeah, I can do that here. But uh, to shine a light on somebody that was... In the shadows, mm-hmm. even though he's vice president. But mm-hmm. what do you know about the vice president? Yeah. Nothing. Um, over and over and over again. You know, uh, Mrs. Harris, I, I know very little about her. Yeah. And only sporadically does she pop up into, you know, a view of, oh, that uh, she said this at this, you know, speech or whatnot. And Pence before her and Biden before that. And mm-hmm. it's like, you don't pay attention to the vice president. So to see potentially the puppet master mm. and everything that he did to set himself up and his, you know, friends in positions, it was illuminating to say the least. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. And it's funny. Cause you, you know, obviously I saw it after the whole uh, recent uh, um, administration. So for me, it was even weirder to go back and watch, I mean, go back to watch it and kind of think about how that was that, that administration infuriated so many people because it felt like they were hiding stuff and uh, they weren't being honest about the reasons why we're going to war in Iraq, all these things. And so I was having to come to terms with how McKay was presenting Cheney, right? And of course, Christian Bale's performance is, fuck, man, insane, unrecognizable almost. I mean, you catch him right at the end in certain scenes, but almost unrecognizable. Great job. Almost as good as Russell Crowe in the the, uh, Murdoch film. Right. Yeah, was it? Or Roger the TV Ailes. show. Yeah, yeah, the TV show. Right, loudest voice in the room or whatever. It was incredible to see the the how he disappeared into that, 
and got the speech patterns right and his work with Rockwell. Um, but the, the film asking the question of did he create himself or did we have a hand in creating him? I love that because it turns it around on us. Cause you know, sometimes we're so busy pointing the finger that we forget that like the actions we are taking create something like that. The, the actions mm -hmm. that we do as a society, the, uh, the things we ignore or the things we kind of um, th uh, throw faint offense at, but don't really pursue are the things that slowly but surely allow someone to think that they can do the things that Janie does in the movie, you know, and it's ironic that her, his daughter is the one that's out here trying to. Um, yeah. They've been some it. of the most vocal. Yeah. Right. As a family. Yeah. Considering some of the shit that, that people forget Janie did during his time and, but I think oh, so the film encapsulates all that, I think, really well. Yeah, he's a he's a great subject because mm. as devious as some people view him to be, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I genuinely believe that he feels he was still acting in the best interest of this country. One thousand percent. Almost a hundred percent of the time. I'm sure he would be honest and be like, Yeah, that one was kind of for my buddy, but that buddy has helped this country mm -hmm. on these occasions. So we're just kind of repaying him for his previous service. Yeah. But I genuinely believe that he felt he was doing ultimately the right thing. Yeah. And by staging a war in the Middle East, well, it's to protect the national interests of this country and other free market democracies and capitalist societies right. to have access to that oil at a cheaper price so we can keep the global economy going, which helps all Americans. Yeah. Just like, oh, wow, man. I understand the logic and how you got there, yeah. but I find fault with numerous links in this chain. Yeah, because of the people you're subjecting yeah. to the war uh -huh. um, because of what you think it's going to ultimately lead to for those Americans. And just because, you know, those of us who've been soldiers and served, just because we signed the contract does not mean that we bequeath our lives to you to be manipulated and used in whatever power or political play that you've got going on. We have a say. Uh, and I think that's where people in uh, positions of power and politics forget and they denigrate. They may say they respect the military, but they see the military as a dumb arm that they can use to put mm -hmm. into a situation the, that won't. The tip of the sword. Yeah, exactly. The they the won't spear, rather. be mad about being connected to the tip of the sword. Yeah. The, yeah. Just like, oh, you are, yeah. You, you're what gets us in there. And then right. don't worry, dummies. Don't worry. You know, the, the whole world it aren't nails, Mr. Hammer. Right. We got to right, get in exactly. there now. Actually, the real power is here. Yeah. You're the blunt instrument. We got to crack this egg. Yeah. Uh, we sacrificed to crack this egg. Yeah. yeah. I just, it's a, it's a fascinating, I'm just rewatching it again. I just mm. appreciate Bale's performance in it. Yeah. Because you can still see him in yeah. there. Like yeah, the, on the faint edges. Yeah, but his—I mean, just that the the speech pattern and the I—I uh, I fucking loved every second of it. Like on upon a third viewing, I do you know do find faults here and there. Like I said before, mm -hmm. in the little switcheroo, yeah, and a couple other moments. But by and large, I mean, I'm—I really enjoy McKay mm -hmm. now that he's ventured into this more serious stuff. Who the fuck saw that coming? You know, nope. almost. Almost as unbelievable as Jordan Peele stuff, but it's just insane that they make this jump from comedy in such a stark way to uh, yeah. Well, but I mean, in such an intelligent way, you know. Peele's, I think, though, 
came in with somewhat lower expectations because it's in horror, so people mm. don't the first one don't yeah, anticipate yeah. horror being uh and he had a great young cast but not established whereas when right. McKay made the leap man it's like I'm I'm bringing some hitters with me yeah and actually pulling it off yeah. it's pretty damn good and then he does stuff on the side like succession like, yes although by his and in Will Ferrell's account it's just like yeah we it's all the people on the ground doing that. We're just the producers at the production company. They get a lot of the credit, but they still fostered the project. Exactly. You earn your stripes, you know, so it works names on so much shit because of that. Okay. So that's your four. Yeah. Okay. So my four is a Ford versus Ferrari. That is a punt. Okay. What's your three? Uh, my three is only because it's such an ensemble, the big short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's lower. That's why it's 10 on my list, because yeah. it's an ensemble. He does a great job, but it's an ensemble. It, it is an ensemble. But I think it's, if we're just talking about qualitatively the, the movies, mm. this probably is number one. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I love Big Short. I At this point, I r- watch it roughly once a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know why. Well, you're but, into financial stuff. You're That's something you're into. You I know, don't know specifically, it. but... At the same time, like that in Margin Call, mm. YouTube's algorithm figured out that I am a fan of that somehow and recommends clips from those movies quite consistently. Do I watch them? Yes. yes. Although I hate the algorithm sometimes because like lately I've been on a soccer kick. Mm, that's good. So I watched a 30-minute documentary on Messi and mm-hmm. I watched one on Ronaldo and then I watched like uh, the best uh, last-minute goals. Oh, yeah. And those are great. The- yeah, best defensive uh, stops to save a game and whatever. And now it's like, oh, you like that? Let me recommend these other sports and be like, I have no interest <laughs> in Australian rules football. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. I watched the clip. It doesn't pull me in. I don't know any of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas at least in soccer, I know some of these. Oh, by the way, big game this weekend between our two squads. Oh, well... <laughs> Big game. Not, are you talking about you we're care. number one in the not gonna entertain this with you for God's sake? We are you, number one in you the just standings. showed up to the room. I have you know, give me a break. I've been Dude, in this how room dare you be years. elitist? How dare you be if you elitist? You can name me eight of your players right now, and yes, eight. I'm gonna gatekeep you. Then yes, please. Fine. You want eight? No problem. I'll give you eight. I want your hands up on it. I don't want to see you googling that shit. Go ahead, give it to me. Uh, Sergio Alan Garcia. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, Stefan Abramovich. Stefan Abramovich is not even playing for you guys. What? It's his, it's his cousin. It spells it with a PH. Uh. <laughs> Uh, is, is Abramovich's and, and first no name Stefan? no way am I saying you can't be a fan. I'm just saying that you can't Is, is Abramovich's first name actually Stefan? Uh, Ibrahimovic? Is that you're talking oh, yeah. about? Ibrahimovic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it really? I literally just pulled up. A, I, I know what he looks like because he's been in the clips and whatnot that I've been watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's what, a face that I recognized from before. You know what country he's from? Zlatan uh, is his name. You see, you said Stefan. It's it's Zlatan. It's Zlatan. But I can understand oh. the Stefan connection for sure. Uh, <laughs> Latvia? No, he's he's Swedish, which is surprising. Oh, 
You wouldn't think he's Swedish, but he is. Yeah. No, I would not have guessed. Anyway, his cousin. <laughs> and uh dude we got guys how yeah, dare you, do. you you do you're number one you got guys number one it you know <laughs> record is amazing no losses yet got a couple yeah, no times, couple draws yeah but yep. undefeated thus far yeah i did not see that coming i mean uh what's his face um i like this coming out of training camp art <laughs> <laughs> last year arteta was almost fired halfway through the season and so he was able to write the ship and i don't know if you've watched the all or nothing at all on amazon on prime video you've got to watch that if you're an arsenal fan because they covered the whole season last year um and seeing the change how they everything finally clicked for them by the end but they still couldn't you know they, they fumbled the ball near the end on some of these losses they they didn't quite get into the champions league but it, there was promise them getting Gabriel Jesus from Man City has made all the fucking difference. They are a much more dangerous team. They're bought into Arteta's philosophy. And so it just proves to you sometimes you've got to stick with a coach because they've got to take some time to find their players. I mean, Klopp didn't start winning until the third or fourth year that he was managing Liverpool because he had to get his players to buy into and find the players that would buy into his style. And so Arteta now, you know, to his credit, you're seeing – really his brand of football on the pitch there for Arsenal. It's fun to see. And I hate it because I'm, I am worried, but I also think we might've figured something out against Rangers in the champions league on Tuesday. And if we have, at least I would love for, for us to come away with a draw, if not a victory, I just don't want to get destroyed. Like yeah. Arsenal got destroyed against Manchester United. So you do have a loss. You lost three to one to Manchester United. So. I, I believe that's under official protest. <laughs> I don't recall what's under protest. Uh, it turns out, to, you know, they do random drug tests. Oh, and a couple yeah. of players came back inconclusive. So they had yeah. potentially had masking agents, yeah. and they're like, well, okay. <laughs> so now we they're testing their second sample currently. Yeah, but I mean, you guys are far ahead. I mean, we're we're we we have we're in ninth with 10 points, you're in first with 21. Like, if if the if the gap gets wider, there's no fucking chance we're gonna come anywhere. Did, and I, listen, I don't think we're gonna have any say in the title race but you know you don't have to tell me i mean i know <laughs> our goals for versus goals against is just crushing the rest of premier league so yeah, it is it's nine so yeah respect You're ridiculous. anyway big game this sunday big waking game. up early for that 8 30 a.m son put it on the calendar it's gonna be fun and then lindley's the one lindley's the one that uh she has she i don't know what it is when she comes into the room the team plays better it's crazy i've been going nuts all year but every time she comes into the room the team all of a sudden starts fucking scoring goals it's it's really one of the most insane things i've experienced this year so anyway where the fuck were we how do we get off on that what are we what are we talking about here uh we were uh talking about uh big short somehow okay. we got onto this i actually don't remember yeah um Oh, so you were saying you were getting into goals. You were getting into football and the algorithm. Oh, yeah, because uh, YouTube recommends. Right, right, right. Um, they do, but I, uh, yeah, genuinely at this point, I think roughly about once a year, I will watch Big Short again. Wow. wow. And at the very least, I will go back for some of my favorite sequences, mm -hmm. which is like Ryan Gosling's pitch initially yeah. and the the pure like racist, look at, look at him. This is my quant. You notice anything about him? And they're like, Seems seems a little bit racist, and he's like, <laughs> well, the national uh, math, whatever in, in China, 
he doesn't even speak English. The guy turns to the camera. I, I love all that breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, they do it when, really well. It, yeah, genuinely needed all the explanations. Yeah, to hold our hand through these complex financial, you know, ideas that they make almost so obtuse that it's hard for anybody to recognize what yeah. what it is. Yeah. So then the. the distillation of that into something that's more comprehensible for the average person i it, i still think it's a great uh, vehicle for the information because yeah now i know what these things are what a tranche is and and how all of this yeah cdo's the collateralized debt obligations work and it's disgusting yeah the bet on top of a bet on top of a bet on top of a bet and just like how did you guys not think this was going to come crumbling down mm -hmm. uh that's true yeah I don't know who the house is in this instance. That's how many bets deep we are. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it for a movie, it's up there. But uh, yeah, it's my number three. Okay. Um, my number three is, is uh, American Hustle. Sell me. Uh, I love him in the movie. Oh my god, are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, this is a move. This is Christian for the most part has played characters where he is on top of things. You know, uh, I mean, just a majority of the things we're talking about, the vice, he, vice, he's, he's the vice president, the big short, he's the guy who's like uh, uber intelligent, who's on the spectrum, American psycho, he's the one in control trying to kill people, all these films he's played, Hostels, he's leading the crew, uh, Ford versus Fry, which we'll get to, he, you know, he's very much uh, ar arrogant guy about what he thinks is the right thing to do in a car. Mm -hmm. So with American Hustle, this is something that's a rarity for him to play a guy who is desperate, who is kind of not sure um, about what he's doing, falling into this trap. And, and he's a low level hustler who all of a sudden glimpses the possibility of hustling at a higher level. Amy Adams helps him to get there. And so him playing this character that's so vulnerable and slides into these like self-destructive suicidal places uh, and she has to like drag him out of it. I just find it fascinating to watch the progression of him throughout the movie because he's an unsavory son of a bitch. He really is. And Jennifer Lawrence playing his ex-wife or wife, ex-wife, and what how she kind of bounces off of him as well and mm -hmm. her interactions with Amy Adams and stuff like that. So, so much of this film is just filled with people who are not that savory, but for whatever reason, you do feel a little sympathy for the grifter that is Christian's, I mean, uh, um, uh, Christian, yeah, Christian Bale's uh, character. And then of course it's up with Jeremy Renner. And then later on, uh, when we get that De Niro scene, which is chilling. One of those last gasps of a chilling De Niro in a film. I thought it was great. So all of it, it's a very real, obviously it's a true story, but it's a very real exploration of, the seedy underbelly of this um, grifting life of a guy in his, in the seventies and what that all leads to and the ramifications of it. Cause when Renner realizes how he's been duped and his wife realizes Elizabeth Rome is so good in the film as well. They realize how they've been duped. It is heartbreaking to watch their literal implosion of, because of what Christian Slater has done. Um, Christian Bale. And, and his, Oh, Christian Bale, sorry. And his, uh, scenes where he's you know kind of tricking people and all this stuff um and seducing them with the with the cons that he's pulling off i think he's an excellent job you know yeah, all right maybe you need to see rope. it again he's a tightrope walker as an actor i like that about him if we get an occasional blow up at a cinematographer or at a lighting person it does suck 
But, you know, the man is so fucking talented that I, I, I will excuse it eventually because he apologized for it and he went forward and, and kept making great work. And you might be right, Matt. You know, something you brought up earlier, I, you know, you might be right because, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis retired. He's got less than 10 films on his resume, I think. So Bale could very much eclipse him down the road with more performances as he matures as an actor and ages as an actor. So maybe. Yeah, uh, sounds like I maybe need to watch American Hustle again. Okay. I mean, I saw it for that award season, but the mm. going into it, the hype was tremendous. It was pretty high. And I'm, I was such a fan, and still am, of mm. the entire cast. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is solid as can be. And I walked out of going, I don't understand why everybody's so gaga over this. And I've never revisited it. I don't ever think about it. Right. Um. So, whereas a, a lot of other David O. Russells, I think, are eminently rewatchable. Re mm. um, all right. So, you know, American Hustle. That's my three. What's your two? Uh, my deuce is 310. Do you? Okay. Wow. All the way up there, too. That's... Dude, that's well, awesome. Please. Well, because you're saying before, like, he yeah. usually plays these stronger characters. Mm -hmm. In this, he's a guy that's been beaten down. Yeah, right. Yes. Like, he takes this job because he desperately needs the money. Yes. Because basically the town bullies are going to take his farm. Mm -hmm. But it's the people that own the note on his land. But they also seem like pricks in their brow beating when he's got his family and he's doing whatever he can to survive. Yeah. And it's just, it almost seems like it's a string of bad luck that's gotten him to the precipice of being completely you know, uh, bankrupt and insolvent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and your heart goes out to a person like that because sometimes life just is unfair. Yeah. And so then when, you know, the Pinkertons show up and they're like, Hey, we got to get Russell Crowe to Yuma so he can take the three ten train, hence the name. Mm. We need to form a posse to do that, to, to basically marshal enough guns to protect this, uh, individual so that his gang doesn't come and steal him away from us. Yeah. And Bale's like, I'll do it, but I need more money than you're offering. And uh, I think I looked it up how much it was. And like with it, with the inflationary adjustment, I want to say like it's the equivalent of uh, 20 grand or something. Oh, wow. He gets paid. Um, but to a company the size of the Pinkertons, right? if you look at it in modern scale, that's probably a pittance. Mm. Um, but that just to to see him in a position that you're not accustomed to seeing him and it's a great counter to the swaggering charm of Russell Crowe yeah 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 and they're a great meet kind of you know opposite ends of the spectrum on this mm -hmm. and then you throw in Ben Foster <laughs> who's also great in Hostiles when you're watching that and you're like oh here's where it gets and this part isn't as big that nobody has really a big part in that except for a couple of people yeah uh yeah but then you throw in basically the devil on the devil's shoulder oh, man. who's it russell crowe's already a bad person and this is all his best worst in, intentions personified in one individual yeah has a, yeah if he has any inkling of a soul it's long since gone <laughs> yeah so true, man. Yeah, it's he is oh. he plays the shittiest of shit heels. And it's not mustache twirling. Ben no. does such a great job of giving that character um a complexity and some levels and a real nuance to the performance that 
it scares you when you're watching it because it feels real, you know? It's just, it's decisive. Yeah. And cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can tell he genuinely, for a guy that is a cold blooded killer, yeah. genuinely, genuinely respects and cares about Russell Crowe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can see it. He doesn't have to say it, but you can say, you can see that, like, hey, I, I do not want you to take him. It's not a matter of the fact that he's the leader of my, my gang. It's like, that's my friend and that's someone who I uh, look up to mm-hmm. and I will protect him. And you're like, this is a weird sense of morality. Yeah. What's I've known a few people like that, which is like, your code is, it's <laughs> ironclad and I understand it. And yet yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. No sense. Uh, the, um, well, yeah, the- I think it, it just for that, you're accustomed to seeing him one way, much like yeah. you're saying American Hustle. Mm-hmm. No, he does. He does an excellent job in the back and forth with him and Logan Lerman, who is like questioning him as a father. And all of that, you know, him not understanding the things that a man has to do when he has kids, when he's got a family there, you know, you can't walk around swaggering all the time. Uh, you've got to do it. What's best for the family. And it may mean swallowing your pride. It may mean you being emasculated or having to be the lesser than in a situation because there's a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Logan doesn't understand that because he's a young kid who's feeling his oats as a young man and yeah. is embarrassed by his father. And his father's limp um, and all of that. And so you get the battle there that he has to kind of, by the end, respect his father because of what his father uh, has sacrificed in order to be able to get money for the farm so they don't lose where they live. You know, all of that. Um, uh, What's the name? What's his name? Oh, yeah. So the way he says Ben, the way he says Ben, the way Ben Foster says Ben, when -hmm. he's referencing Russell Crowe and talks to him, that's where you can see the connection, the friendship in the way he says his name, right? That's, that's where you see the work that an actor does in creating a character and, and, and making the connection with the other actors and the other characters that are on screen, you know? So you're right. Foster just does such a great job in this film. Yeah. It gives you a true villain to root against mm-hmm. because you end up liking Russell Crowe. Yeah. And it, and yeah, because you see that the corruption on the other side, which is a genius thing about this movie, is that, yeah, these are corrupt forces going after another corrupt person. And so mm-hmm. who's really the corrupt one? The one who is honestly being a villain or the one who's trying to paint themselves as heroes, but in fact are pretty nefarious behind the scenes? Who's the real villain? Yeah, you know? so I, I love that there's... And because Russell, in the end, does turn on his yeah. his crew, you know, so so good fuck i'm gonna go put it on again <laughs> no no i gotta watch rescue dawn sorry all right so you're not gonna watch rescue dawn <laughs> 310 to yuma is gonna go on or you're gonna watch hostiles again so westerns man i can't resist westerns you know that um so my number two is the fighter which i don't think is on your list as you know it is it's just lower it's just low okay okay it's right. uh my seven okay punt from earlier then i mean his performance as dicky here is incredible it is. this is because i haven't seen the machinist this is maybe the closest thing in terms of his physical body to the machinist. Yeah, but he's more charismatic in this because that's who the character is. Right. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting to watch him work in this role and the interactions he has. Because I go back and I watch this now, and it's not as strong of a film overall as I remember 
certainly the boxing scenes, Matt, when you watch them now, you're like, you know, I would, yeah. It's the interactions that he's having with Wahlberg, the interactions with with uh, Adams, with Melissa Leo, all of that. Um, it's really fascinating. And he plays him as this guy that is constantly, you don't know what you're going to get. He's like a, he's like a, a, what do you call it? He's like a downed electric, electrical wire. And you got to make mm. sure you hold it correctly or that thing is going to electrocute the fuck out of you if you don't. And yeah. that's what he feels like when he's watching the movie. Yeah, that's why I put it at seven. He mm. is beyond excellent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the movie. But the problem is half the movie is then devoted to Mark Wahlberg's journey. Mm-hmm. And I find that part of the movie lackluster. Okay. But it's also because Christian Bale's character is allowed to rightly be this fucking Looney Tunes drug addict. Yeah. Who had his momentary shot at fame. Yeah. But is just is more charismatic and his family gravitates you know, to him more and the neighborhood around them gravitate to him more and everything around it. Uh, and I, I'd be curious as to whether or not his performance would be as good if the movie was just dedicated solely to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah. But it's just the half of it. Cause like when it gets the, the triumphant payoff, I didn't yeah. care. No. Right. Like, I wasn't against it or anything, but it gets to it, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you can see that going there. I'd kind of like to see more Christian Bale. So that's why it's lower. It's just like, it feels uneven to me. Okay. While it's overall still a very good movie, yeah. he is amazing in it. I don't know. I don't know what you do with the other half of it, because you kind of need it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to say Balance. recast, uh, but maybe somebody else in Mark Wahlberg's place sells it a I little bit better. That. I could see I, I don't know. Although I feel like Wahlberg has spies everywhere, so <laughs> don't say anything. You know, I'm just gonna get a Wahlburger suddenly stuck to the window in front of me. <laughs> I'm out listening in real time. You just calmly at the light. Hey, yeah. hey, open the window. <laughs> uh, but here's a Wahlberg for you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a it's so, but it's a good movie. It mm-hmm. still made my list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think it's too. such a out of body performance that I had to put it high on my list. Um, it really is an out of body performance for my anyone the Oscar for it. So. Um, all right, what's your one? Uh, so we both have punts. My one is Ford versus Ferrari. Mm, yeah, good movie. Yeah, okay. So, you know one of the last really good movies I saw before the pandemic yeah. in the theater. Yeah. Uh, and I was happy I was, di- I did because as the ed- engines roar and whatnot, you felt that Oh yeah, in the theater, but I think it's a testament to how good Bale is in the film. You keep wishing he wouldn't sabotage his own life because you want to see him succeed. And he yeah. does it, you know, early on at that, a race when Shelby's like, you just got to qualify here and then yeah. we can get you basically then Ford will sign off on you and his trunk because of the gas can, like it won't shut. So they won't let him to race. And then Shelby's trying to smooth things over being the politician. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the background, is just him whacking away at the fucking trunk with a big, massive wrench. But it's that over and over again. Like Josh Lucas is a prick to his son when they're yeah. unveiling the, the Mustang. And he's like, Hey, hey is that your kid? Yeah, tell him keep his hands off the paint. It's fresh paint. And then just he tears the Mustang 
a new asshole and be like, it's a great car. It's a great car. So long as you get rid of the inline six and this and this and five other things. And he's like, but you got a great car there. Uh, over and over. Josh Lucas plays a great prick. Oh, yeah. He's good at playing a prick. Just a great prick. It's so interesting because he was getting pushed as leading man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Sweet a long time. Alabama and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Glory Road. Right, Glory Road, right. And other stuff, and just like, they're they're making a push, and then you see him as a prick, and you're like, this dude is a much better prick. Mm. A much better prick. Um, but it's just yeah. him and, and Damon mm. are great contrasts. And so both, good chemistry, man. Yeah, at the top of their games. I mean, imagine, you just said, imagine if it was Damon and not Wahlberg in the fighter. Yeah, that might buying be a it. whole another ball game, man. In terms of yeah, food. I'm buying it. You can, yeah. I, I, look, I, I think Wahlberg is good in in certain stuff. Boogie sure, Nights sure. is an all time favorite for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since Boogie Nights, it's been a lot of misses. Mm. God bless him. He keeps trying though. Uh, maybe you'll win my heart one of these days, Mark. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> but I just I think that movie is I, it's wildly entertaining. It's about uh an event that I only know the name of. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. you know, Le Mans. I don't it didn't really know all that much about it so to learn mm-hmm. uh, about the uh race itself and then the history and how big of an achievement this is and yeah. uh you know, to go up against Ferrari and what Ferrari meant to the racing world at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I re- I watched another YouTube uh, uh, recommendation, but uh, how Lamborghini came to be, mm. and it was so Lamborghini made tractors. The man Lamborghini himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and offered, I believe it was, to give his clutch to Ferrari because his, he owned a Ferrari and his clutch kept uh-huh. fucking up. And he's like, hey, if you put this clutch in, work. And Ferrari just was like, you make tractors. Go make tractors. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're like, oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. And then he made, they made the Countach, which took off. And apparently Countach is old Italian for holy shit. Because <laughs> the first time they unveiled it to the staff, somebody went, Countach. And the guy was like, that's not a bad name. That's not a bad name. Uh, but anyway, so to see Ferrari sitting up high in his perch above, yeah. how good was it a moment and his little nod to Christian Bale? Like, yeah, just competitor to competitor. Yeah. Yeah. But you saw respect. Yeah. You kicked people, my ass today, but you were amazing. People forget, like people sometimes get caught up in this illusion that you have to be very sweet to each other in the middle of competition. It's a fucking illusion. There are many ways to compete and there is no one way to compete. And people who are driven to compete and to succeed and to win more often than not are driven from something very deep that was not satisfied when they were younger. So to ask them to be emotionally correct all the time, emotionally healthy all the time is ridiculous. Uh, Tom Brady was smashing tablets three weeks or two weeks ago in the NFL tablets so much so the NFL had to be like, look, everybody, nobody smashes tablets. All right. These, this is a brand. Yeah. Microsoft is not happy about this. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, this is bad. Cause this means you're unhappy with the product. 
for a national stage. We can't have that. Are you? Really, I took it as just frustration with the offense because the team wasn't playing. Oh well. no, no, right. We take it that way. I'm saying the the brand product, the brand people are like, don't do that because it's showing that you're upset with something that has our name on it. It's a, it's a subconscious connection. Yeah, so possibly, that's what yeah. their sure. concern was, which is why I tell them to stop it. Uh, but yeah, right. That's where it was coming from. But of course, so it's that kind of thing. And so competitors who are that intense respect the other competitors who are that intense and who are willing to do whatever it takes and overcome any obstacle to get there. And so um, there's a, a little bit of respect within reason, right? Within reason. And I mm-hmm. think that's what that nod is at the end is one fierce competitor who was willing to do whatever it took to win including messing with the rules or trying to get people to uh, you're trying to get people who run the race to do what he wanted them to do. Um, that uh, Christian Bale overcame all of that. And because he did, there's a, a huge amount of respect that he gets in that moment. So I, I love that moment too, man. I, it's nice you point that out. Cause I do enjoy mm-hmm. that. He was like, all right, all right. And I think we all collectively hate the Ford saying, let's cross at the same time because it'll be a good PR movement. Yeah. Then they give it to, yeah. McLaren, they give him the W because technically he had to run further to his car, meaning he traveled a yeah. greater distance. And you're like, yeah. we all know damn well that is not the spirit of what happened here. Exactly. Exactly. How was that honoring, you know, what transpired? Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, that shows yeah. you the dirty, the, dirtiness of the behind the scenes stuff that people who who purport to be you know people who want you to win the right way or to have ethics or morals all that how they have such a sliding scale when it fits their business needs uh and there's the difference you know well, yeah you just have to assume that christian bale was a prick to the race organizers so mm-hmm. they're like well technically by letter of the law mclaren won so suck it right yeah basically Son and the fight they have is really cool. Him and Damon. With him and Damon, yeah. yeah. So they kind of need to get it out of their system. Yeah, exactly. Wrestling and then it ends and they're like, all right, so let's let's deal with the problem. <laughs> Instead of taking the frustrations out on each other. Yeah. His wife is great. I think it's the actress from Outlander. I think who plays his wife. She's so good. Um, yeah, she was in Belfast. I think that's her. Hmm. Um, shit, man. I may go buy that because I know it's on 4K. I may go buy that. I, I don't own that one. Uh, the prestige is my number one. I just think it's, I mean, first of all, he's playing two characters. Uh, and second of all, the him and Jackman have great chemistry. His stuff with Scarlett Johansson. Huh? Yeah. It's really cool. The Michael Caine stuff, the story itself, the movie itself. There's just so much about the prestige that is just incredible, including his acting, including his performance and what he does with that role the twists and turns of that story, the tension, the drama. And he is such an essential part of building all of that with how he's interacting with all the people in the movie. Uh, and so for me, um, that's my favorite. It was in Christian Bale movie. That's sure. my favorite Christian Bale movie. The bar none. Bar none. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. But when mm. I discuss it with people who love the movie, mm-hmm. I realize my passion for it pales in comparison. <laughs> That's why I didn't put it on higher. It's like, I can't yeah. like when, when Andy subbed in for you, mm. 
a few weeks ago, we did yeah. movies set in London, and Prestige was his one. And oh wow! He legitimately could have gone on for forty minutes, and it, they were all interesting points talking yeah. about like, oh, in the setup, he gives the reveal of this and this and mm-hmm. this, and you're like, wow, you have spent way more time with this movie than I have. <laughs> I've watched it several times, but I haven't gone through a beat by beat. Yeah. Um. Like there's something like 120 jump cuts in the movie. That's how much of t- there's time shifts here where they jump forward, jump back. Yeah. It's just like, it's all over the place. And there's so much to dissect here, which is with a lot of Nolan films. He takes yeah, true. Very a tremendous true. amount of time and thought and effort between, yeah. you know, his direction, his brother and his writing. Yeah. They, they craft, although I'd be interested. They're bringing, they're redoing memento. Yeah. Why? I don't yeah. know. Um, I'll be intrigued to see how you can improve upon mm-hmm. because I think the lower budget really helps that movie. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, prestige is awesome. Him and Jackman do have a great, I mean, chemistry and I love seeing Jackman. It was great to see him put out a prestige product like this, no yeah. pun intended on the name <laughs> and have it succeed because we've all agreed He's a good actor. Yeah. He's really likable. It's just he's missed on a lot of his bigger projects outside of comic book stuff. Yeah. So to see something succeed, you know, makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, yeah, and he's what does he have? He has something coming up. Oh, yeah, his Deadpool 3. I hope that that's a blast. I hope that's a blast. Should be. I hope so, man. Um all right. Well, there you go. That's our separate uh, Christian Bale, uh, top 10 Christian Bale movies, our list. So we're going to put this thing together. I'm going to grab the bongos. Oh, you got him back out of the garage, folks. Finally. Took a bit of time. And my apologies to everybody who's been missing the bongos, especially John the Golden Eyes, who uh, sent us the bongos. But uh, there was some spring cleaning going on, uh, summer cleaning, I guess, going on here at the at the Outlaw Nation house. So. I forget. I have to put these to the side. That'll be in uh, Outlaw No More because there's a <laughs> montage of you taking the hats out. It's a great, that's a great scene. They should float into the sun. Um, Lindley's right. just in silhouette in the background as you're almost like Hamlet with the skull and you've got the hat. The mask. Resting. The mask, even better. How did I forget about the mask? The mask is right there. You're giving a soliloquy. Uh, 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 alas, poor mask. Oh. Alas, poor outlaw. <laughs> poor outlaw. I hardly knew you. Oh, man, good stuff. All right. Uh, let's put this. This is going to be interesting. Where'd you have Ford? Uh, number four. All right. Well, I have prestige at six okay so i would say ford yeah and then prestige okay uh 310 i have a two that's my eight what's your two uh the fighter that's my seven all right do we yeah uh i can't imagine big short you've got where uh 10 yeah all right so the fighter then makes three okay and I guess 310. Okay. Uh, yeah, you don't have American sh- Hustle on your list. I do not have American yeah. Hustle. Right. But we both have Big Short, Vice, 
American Host- Psycho and Hostiles. Hostiles, I have at nine. Okay. You have that where? I have at five. So five, nine. We got Big Short at 310 and Vice at four. What? Uh, Vice is four, nine. Okay. So, and you said Hostiles at five? Yeah. So I think it goes Big Short, Vice, Hostiles. Because it's okay. three ten four nine five nine. Okay. And where are we at after that? Uh, we have three spots left: eight, nine, and ten. And we have what American Psycho in common, and that's it. Okay. I, I still haven't got my number three on there, American Hustle. So. Okay, I'll put maybe... American Hustle next. Okay. We can do so American Psycho is my seven. Yeah, it's my eight. So we'll do that at nine. American okay. Psycho, and then what's your next highest? I have my five. Oh, if the the Prestige is on there, the Fighter is on there, American Hustle is on there, Ford versus Ferrari is on there, and Hostiles is on there. Then please put your number five because that's my top five. They're already on there. Um, okay, done. Okay, cool. Let's do this. The top ten Christian Bale movies. Yeah. At number ten, Rescued On. At number nine, American Psycho. At number eight, American Hustle. At number seven, Hostiles. At number six, Vice. At number five, The Big Short. At number four, 310 to Yuma. At number three, The Fighter. At number two, The Prestige. And our number one film, my number one Christian Bale movie is... Ford versus Ferrari. Done and done. Love that scene of Tracy Letts crying in the car after he's taken him yeah. on that test ride. So if only his father could we're alive today. <laughs> uh but there we go, Christopher. So let us know uh if you enjoyed Amsterdam, although yeah. um it came out this past weekend. I think we uh inadvertently one of the few times ever recorded a show that will come out a topic, but it's oh, all right. Yeah. Chris Bale. Good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's Christian Bale. He's got a lot of great movies. Oh. Seemed too hard to pass up. We don't um, want him to yell at us. We had to do it. I'll take it. It seems like a rite of passage in Hollywood. Sure. sure. I'm here for it, Christian. It's fine. It. Um, but yeah, that is it. So uh, please follow the show on Twitter at top 10 show. It's all spelled out. And on Instagram and YouTube, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. And uh, check me out on Twitter. It is at Matt Nost. And if you're so inclined, you can watch John versus Dorena was last week. Settle the score. We've had numerous other matchups that are fantastic and got some uh, some great ones coming up in the very near future. So you can find settle, settle the score anywhere you get podcasts or over at YouTube.com forward slash Matt Nost. There you go. Uh, ask me, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the outlaw nation on Twitch. Uh, my other, Oh yeah. And my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roka says, uh, and my other podcasts, uh, the cinephiles, uh, the geek buddies, uh, the hot mic and strong style. They're all there for uh, you all to enjoy as well. And yeah, uh, go see, go watch our set of the score. Me and Doreen, a little rematch. Uh, they are going at it, so go and have fun with that. Um, all right, y'all take care of yourselves. Uh, be well, and uh, we will talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Peace. Ooh.